Before this episode of Big Brain Hour, a quick word from our sponsors. You guys know when you're at an event and the people running the event make you do an icebreaker? It's horrible, isn't it? No, that's the worst. It's always terrible. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what it's exactly what we're doing today. You're on Big Brain Hour. Welcome back to Big Brain Hour. We've got Lincoln and Steve in the studio, as always. And our be- and one of our really good friends, Riley Ferrero, is here joining us in the studio, and we are really excited. Riley, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Can't yeah, man, for this. we were thrilled when you when you said you wanted to come on the show. Uh, we love getting new talent in the studio, and let me tell you guys, Riley has some very well-formed opinions about many things, and I think we're going to get to see some of that today. I appreciate that. Hopefully that'll come out. <laughs> Heck yeah, boys. Let's go. So let's lead off with the first ever Big Brain Icebreaker. Okay, so the first one... We're going to lead off with, this is a really good one. If you're at a lake, and you could turn the water into anything, anything, you have a magic wand, you turn the water into anything, what would you turn it into and why? Riley, you want to lead us off? Um, sure. It's a very good question. This is something I used to use as a camp counselor. Mm. Uh, most interesting response that I ever got uh, was an answer from, I think, a kid, a little guy that was nine years old. He said, ice cream making robots. Because you can't just fill it with ice cream, it'll all melt. Word. Uh, So I'm pretty inclined to go that direction. You could say money, you could say checks that are blank, you could say anything you want. Ice cream making robots, I might have to agree with there. Well, you know, Riley, I think that basically is as good as money, because think about all of the ice cream franchises you could open with all those ice cream making robots. That's fast. You could put them in every airport in the entire world. Oh yeah, you could go the Haagen-Dazs style, pick two (laughs) gibberish words, have your own company, (laughs) shoot right to the top. It'd be brilliant. So, you know, that's honestly, that kid was a genius. It might have been a young Albert Einstein you're working with there, Riley. Big genius. Uh, yeah. His name was Elon Musk, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a scrub. Am I right? <laughs> Dang. Well, you know, kind of, it's in the same area. Yeah. I would definitely do candy. Candy? There's nothing like it. What kind <laughs> of candy? Just a mixed bag? It'd probably be a mixed bag, but none of those... None of those dum-dums are... No, not dum-dums. What are the milk duds? Oh, None of those outlawed... Milk Duds is the only thing you're outlawing. Not black licorice? Black licorice would also be on the... <laughs> Blacklist? The kill list. Yeah. I don't know why I pictured this, but I totally imagined a lake full of Mike and Ikes. Oh. Mike and Ikes are okay. You know, Mike and Ikes would be a good one. You can eat a lot of Mike and Ikes. Or maybe Nerds. Oh, Nerds would be fun. But, like, Nerds Rope is maybe what I would fill it with. <laughs> oh. Nerds Rope Those is pretty choice. different. <laughs> nerds Rope making robots? Yeah, that's actually better than Nerd's Rope, because <laughs> it's fresh. It doesn't get stale, you know? That's facts. Okay, so, you know, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think if I could fill Lake with anything, I'd probably fill it with hot cooking oil so that every fish would instantly be turned into a fish stick and would rise to the top. Then I could have the world's largest fish fry on the shores of the lake. It would be sick. Why not or, just fill it with fish sticks? You know, Riley, that's what you would... <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. But it's not fresh fish at that point. That's good. But also collecting it would be really dangerous, probably. Yeah, what are you going to do with all that after after you eat the fish sticks? And then you just have... It's going to be like like that Bible story where Jesus, like, feeds a huge crowd with, like, three fish. Like, I'm just going to be out there just dealing out fish to the boys on the shores of the lake. It's going to be wonderful. And also, I'd have to have, like, select sauces there. You know, you'd have to have ketchup, tartar sauce, mustard. Got them all. Frank's Red Hot. Maybe some uh, maybe some Freddy's Sig sauce, you know. Snap, We'd yeah. have some sauces going. And I don't mean to poke holes in this, <laughs> but 
<laughs> Implausible. <laughs> the first few you collect are going to be pretty prime. You know, yeah. you're around there, they're frying up, you get them right when they're finished. Yeah. What about the ones on the other side of the lake? So let's just say theoretically, I can collect all of them almost simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because at this point, if I can fill a lake with whatever I want, let's assume I can do that as well, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> like, for example, like, what if it rained on all your ice cream making robots before you could get them out? They could be waterproof robots, I think. Aquabots. <laughs> Aquabots. Aqua- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's plot holes in this. Um, but you know, I'm going to rate all of these ideas as plausible. This seems like something that could happen. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Next icebreaker topic, boys. We will say, oh, this is a good one. Would you go to the Mars colony and why? Anyone have any strong feelings about this? Is this a one-way trip? Or are you going up there and spending the rest of your life there? <sighs> Let's say it's probably one way. Hmm. Because it probably will be one way for the people that go up there. One-way ticket. And you know you're going to get there. You're going to get there. I'm doing it. You're doing it? Oh, yeah. Every day. You know, that's interesting. A lot of people would say no. Why would you say yes? Ah, let's see. Well, okay, more clarifiers. I gotta know. Am I, like, the first person to go up there to a colony, or is there already some kind of established... Let's say there's, like, a small, like, settlement established, and you're kind of just augmenting the population, because let's say people get, like, sucked out of the airlock, like, every couple days. 100%. (laughs) To be a part of the first generation on a new planet, you kidding me? That'd be pretty epic. Experience things that, you know, 99.9 repeating yeah. uh, percent of this planet will never experience. That no human's ever seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, you'd be lighter. You could jump around. Oh, gosh. Sports would be really fun. I could dunk. Oh, yeah. Cornhole fields could oh, be, like, that- <laughs> away. Oh, my gosh. You could throw, like, 150-foot cornholes, just sinkers. Oh, man. That's a good point. You do <laughs> bring up a good point. point. Now, you also could die if there's a hole in the wall, but... Yeah, you could die a lot of ways on Mars. <laughs> but then you'd be dying on Mars. Yeah. That is facts. It's like the Martian, you know? Like, Matt Damon, like, solve each problem one at a time, get home. Yeah. We'll see someone up there oh, pretty yeah. soon. I oh, believe totally. that strongly. I, I mean, within the next 10 or 15 years, I could see... I mean, we're going to get a manned mission up there. I don't know when the settlement's going to start, but Elon's on it. The kid, you're the kid you were the camp counselor of. The kid that you first showed icebreakers to. Oh yeah, that that kid went on to eventually establish the next Mars colony. Riley, that is your national treasure, man. If the Mars colony's greatest export, rather, is ice cream, then mm. you know who to talk to. Ice cream making robots, in yeah, particular. That's true. <laughs> that's true. What are your answers? Oh, well, you know, my take. I think I would probably. Here's the thing. This kind of depends on what point in my life I'm asked to do this. So if I'm like 70 or 80 years old and like most of my family's like dead at that point, you know, like or gone, like it, and there's not a whole lot like tethering me here, I would totally do it. But at this point in my life, I think there's too much to look forward to to throw it away for the Mars colony, you know? It's a fair point. I, I would have to agree with you. Yeah. I, I think me personally, I would never probably go to the Mars colony. Yeah. I just, you know, I hate. Being of the taller variety, <laughs> I have bad uh, memories of plane rides. Yeah, and then that's just like a plane ride on and on steroids. Really. Imagine a three-month plane ride. Steve. Yeah, it would be. Maybe they put in a cryogenic chamber. You know, like they do in. I don't know. I would, I would sure hope so because yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure I'd die on the way there. I wouldn't make it. <laughs> the ship from the Martian looked pretty roomy. 
It did look comfy. It, that that was like first class, though. I mean, like we'd probably be riding like the commercial bus of spaceships up <laughs> yeah, to Mars. Like it would literally just be like the RTD. Yeah. It would be someone's like spilling chili on you. Like it's just not ideal. <laughs> Space RTD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once space travel becomes commercial, all the magic's going to be lost. It's mm. literally just going to turn into like riding the bus up to the moon. You know. Yep. It's kind of like uh, Interstellar. Interstellar, or uh, they had like that weird airport gas station on the moon, and then there was just like a war going on outside. Oh, that, that was that was uh, what's that movie? Ad Astra. Ad Astra. There you go. Me and Steve went on like opening night, and we got um, we got the collectible buttons. Yeah, pretty epic. It was I looked it up on eBay. They're selling for five dollars. <laughs> Well, that's cash. With that much money, you could probably buy an ice cream making robot. I could probably buy a ticket to Mars with that much <laughs> money. I'll turn it. All I need is five, and I will turn it into a fortune. Stonks, baby. <laughs> well, let me know when you figure that out. <laughs> I'll be calling you up. Okay, boys. I think we tackled that one pretty good. Um, next icebreaker. This one's really good. Riley brought this one up earlier. What superpower would you have if it if its use was restricted to a five foot radius around you? Hmm. It's uh, a difficult question. You're obviously limited in who you can interact with within a five-foot radius in yeah. public, especially mm-hmm. in commercial spaces. Exactly. With everything that's going on right now, you're not going to get within <laughs> six feet, or at least you shouldn't be. That's, um, yeah, that's so true. And everybody wants to say flight is their one superpower, mm. but man, you'd just be able to jump kind of high yeah. or get five a good feet. vantage point, otherwise you're falling. 60-inch vert. So I don't know if that's the most feasible answer. I don't know. I got to think about this a bit more. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm thinking like superpower than five feet. There's a lot of pro- there's a lot of technicalities here. Yeah. So is super speed? How would that be affected by this? Like, am I allowed to run super fast in spurts of five feet, or would I just continuously be allowed to run fast because my my frame of like location is changing as right. I'm moving? Well, my question would be like for someone like invisibility. Yep. Does that only work within, like, five feet? Like, people outside of that radius can still see you? No. Oh. I would say that you can become invisible, but you have to stay within that five-foot radius that oh, you that's, it in. That's, oh, that's so lame. lame. Exactly. Boo. Boo, Riley. <laughs> well, that's probably not changing my answer. <laughs> okay, so that rules out most of them. So that's, let's say that's the rule you have to operate by. Once you activate it, you can only move within that five feet. Well, exactly. Like Otherwise... Flight. Otherwise, turning invisible, like super strength, everything like that, you'd have to stay, or it would always be you could, like, active because you'd always be within five feet of yourself. Yeah, that, yeah. that so is there's true. The, there's the limit right there. That's the Achilles heel of this whole thing. Okay, so I'm going to, here's my answer super hyper intelligence if we're counting this, because mm. literally sit down to take a test, boom, flip on the super intelligence, bang, instant A. Wow. Why am I even thinking about school? I would drop out of school and just become. <laughs> Iron Man. I think that's the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, boys, brains. brains. Brains are underrated. Kind of in the same area. I think mind reading would be a good one. But, Steve, then you'd have to invade people's six-foot personal space bubble and risk spreading the virus. You don't care, do you? Snap. You're a monster. <laughs> I'd wear a mask. I'd wear gloves. you wear gloves? So it'd be safe. Okay. Super suit is just hazmat? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that's my super suit. I, I would get coronavirus immunity. <laughs> that's your superpower. <laughs> no, I'm still rolling with hyper intelligence. I would just, I would just cure coronavirus with it. Yeah. 
Man, that's the right answer. I don't yeah. have a better one. Every yeah, other one's just hindered. You yeah. sit down at, at your computer on a phone call yeah. during a test. Yeah. Game over. You've won. So over. Yeah. Yeah. You would just, and not to mention, you could also just turn that into a business. You know, mm-hmm. you could basically start the world's most successful company, become the world's most powerful person instantly. Mm. It'd be epic. Yeah. So I'm with t- it. Yeah, I think we tackled that. Okay, so if anyone ever asks you that question, know the right answer, like objectively, is super intelligence. And then the last icebreaker we have here, before we enter the meat of the episode, is what is your dream car? So that's a brutal question. Yeah, Riley's a big car guy, for those of you that don't know, so this is tough for him. I'm a medium car guy. Medium car guy? I I come from a family of very big car guys, though. You know about this argument. It's probably been had many times. And every time they get asked this question, they ask a follow-up, so I'm going to do the same. Um, w- what category of car? Because, oh. I mean, there's a dream hyper car. There's a uh, dream car that doesn't exist yet. There's dream vintage car. Ooh. Uh, dream car that seems feasible. Oh, gosh. You're so right. Dream car that doesn't exist anymore. There's a lot of categories in here. Yeah, there's, there are. Okay. I, I think you got to pick the one... The one car to rule them all. The one car. The one car that you could drive for the rest of your life. Okay, wait, no, that might be a problem because most supercars aren't comfortable. Right. Okay. Some are. are. Okay, let's assume that you have like a. Let's not even assume you have transportation. Man, this is tough. Okay, we are going to say the one. Yeah, the one car to rule them all. I think that describes it. Okay. The most epic car you can think of. Now, do you have to pay for maintenance? No. It's a. It will never break. Ferrari F forty. Ferrari F40. Oh, yeah. It's not Ferrari the cars are expensive. It's the, it's the <laughs> farthest from the most comfortable, but that thing is raw. It looks absolutely amazing. Enzo touched it. Mm. Beautiful design. I love it. And it rips. Bright red. Yeah. And it rips. Bright red. Oh, it's loud. Bright red. The, the back windshield's made of, uh, man, I believe acrylic rather than glass. It's yeah, not breaking. It. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's got to be my answer. That's a nasty car. That's a good choice. Ferrari runs in the family. Got strong ties. <laughs> Riley Ferrero. Ferrari. I mean, how could you not choose Ferrari? It was. <laughs> yeah. Until three generations ago. Well, it was Ferrari? Yeah, it was Ferrari. I could have been Riley Ferrari. How tight was that? Oh, my gosh. Change it back. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with uh, Ellis Island. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ellis Island <laughs> would do you like that. Yeah, for sure. Wrong. That's so wrong. Dang. Steve. All right. My car is a classic. And everyone has seen it. It's the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh. The one that goes back in time? <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd like, be nice. But, okay. <laughs> so but just, just the, the DeLorean. Just the prop that was used in the movie. The back. prop or the or a car that functions the, the car, yes. The car would work, but the one from the movie specifically. Without an active... Without an active flux, flux capacitor. capacitor. Yeah. I mean, it depends how practical we're going with it. <laughs> You know, Steve, the DeLorean, it looks fairly family-friendly, you know? It is. Exposed wires in the back. You know, not too bad. Specked out with the Back to the Future style DeLorean. Mm. Yeah, that's something you want to be seen in for sure. It's, it's pretty clean. It's yeah. clean, yeah. That's pretty good. It's nice. Okay, so this one might shock you guys a little bit, but I'm going to go with a tuk-tuk. You guys know what a tuk-tuk is? That shocks me a little bit, for sure. It is quite literally a lawnmower engine attached to a bike mixed with a hot dog stand, usually with a bench attached to it. It's wonderful. <laughs> it, it is wonderful. You can you can customize that boy out and mod him up. 
You know, I'd get a sick Honda lawnmower engine to put on it, throw on a nice like blue canvas on top. I could operate my own taxi service after Rockies games. Dude, and the best thing about this is they don't break. Like unbreakable. No matter what. I remember I had a friend who went uh, on a mission trip, came yeah. back. All he was riding was tuk-tuks. Mm-hmm. First time he gets in my car, just slams the heck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized those tuk-tuks must be invincible. They are invincible. I've ridden in one before in Peru, and let me tell you, they are an absolute tank. They're an all-terrain vehicle. The, the roads there are all cobblestone. Literally would destroy a modern car. The tuk-tuk literally just keeps chugging along. Literally with recycled bicycle tires. It's a unit. Well, if it's I ever pass you on a normal street, I'll be sure that my turbulence doesn't blow you over. I might disintegrate if you drive past me in the Ferrari. My canvas covering on my tuk-tuk might light on fire at that point. But, no, the tuk-tuk's a monster flex. I don't yeah. know if it's street legal in the United States, but, I mean, why would they make it street legal? It's an absolute danger because it's so epic. Right. I mean, people literally just be staring it down just getting into monster accidents. You know, I can't blame them. It's a, it's a marvel of modern engineering. I think I've seen YouTuber Colin Furs put a super bike engine in a tube-tube. That's horrifying. around an airport, yeah. Really? Oh, no, totally. You could get, like, a, you could get like, a, um, get, like, a sick Harley. Just rip the engine out, put it in there, get the, get the high bar handles on your tube-tube. It'd be Flames sweet. Flames, yep. Dang. I could put like a speaker in the back. It'd be pretty fun. It sounds like something. park it on campus. It'd be really easy. You just chain it up to the bike rack. It sounds like something Adam Savage would do. You know, like <laughs> on his on his YouTube, like the extreme builds. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Speaking of extreme builds, something really sad happened in the yeah. last couple days. Um, we lost a legend. We lost one of the one of the MythBusters. And I know Riley. This is someone who. Um, this is someone, this is this celebrity that's very near and dear to your heart. Oh, yeah, of course. All the Mythbusters are. Anybody who was on TV promoting engineering in a really en- entertaining way, yeah. absolutely love. Now, I'm not an enter- er, sorry, uh, engineering major. Yeah. Pretty yeah. obvious right there. But uh, as a kid, I was absolutely addicted to it. I, yeah. Any Lego set I'd have had to sit there, had to sit there until it was completely finished. Yep. Um, and when you watch Mythbusters, they're approaching these really unique situations with these really entertaining premises and coming up with very creative, inventive, funny, uh, nuanced, different ways of getting you an actual answer. And if they got you an actual answer too quickly, then they'd over-engineer and make it even more entertaining. (laughs) And Grant was, I would go so far to say, as the most inventive on that whole team. Yeah. Uh, he had a history in industrial lights and magic yeah. uh, in the film industry. That's where he worked as um, an engineer for all these different sort of animatronics, robots. Uh, he was a battle bots, I believe, runner-up for champion. Um, he created all these fantastic characters. Yeah. And it's terrible to see such a fantastic mind um, befall to that fate. Yeah. It, it's what's so sad about it. He was only 49 years old. You know, that's... I mean... You've got at least, like, 20 to 30 years of your life left to live it up, you know? And he was someone who had a lot left to give. And I think it's really sad to see um, see this happen to him. He died of a brain aneurysm. So, um, very peaceful passing as far as ways to die goes, honestly. I think he just went to sleep and didn't wake up. But, um, yeah, I just thought we should bring that up. That's a tough one to lose, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, Mythbusters kept me enter- entertained. Honestly, some of the best television that's been made in the modern era, for sure. Truly. Yeah. It was the first uh, television show I ever owned. I had Did the, you buy it on iTunes? Yeah, I had the action movie uh, <laughs> special downloaded on my first iPod Touch. Oh, twice. And then I probably watched that thing 200 times. Jeez. Yeah, and see, celebrities, even though we never know them, never meet them, for some reason, you know, some of them, you know, they just get to you. Part of the family, almost. Well, they have a genuine impact on your life if you look up to them. Bigger impact than a lot of people you know on your life. Sometimes. Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. No, but um, just thought we should bring that up. That's a tough one to lose. Um, twenty twenty has been a tough year for losing uh, some of the all time grades, and you know that was one I thought we should bring up on the show. Definitely someone worth mentioning. Well, all I know is I'm going to revisit as many of those episodes as I can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, instant classics, but now that he's gone, worth even more, because now there's, there's no more. Yeah, if there was ever someone to build an ice cream-making robot. <laughs> I'd choose him, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, boys, yeah. after that somber note, I think we're going to move on to a topic that you know we're all pretty familiar with, but um, oftentimes isn't discussed a lot. That's emotional intelligence. Yeah. You know? So, I know that this is talked about in school. You know, we're all... Um, we're all business, in the business school, and so we've talked about this before in classes before. And, um, you know, with emotional intelligence, they say that it's almost more important than your actual intelligence when it comes to comes to predicting who's going to be ultra-successful. Yeah. You know? Uh, I remember one of my teachers on the, on the last day of class, she said something to the effect of you either have to be likable... Uh, Reliable or competent. Yeah. And I think one of the most important of those three things was the likability part. If you can relate to people, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very important for being successful. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not one to frequently just drop quotes, but yeah. I think I can't agree with this one more. Uh, John Hancock, of course, very influential fi- figure in mm-hmm. the creation of our country. Yep. Uh, the greatest ability in business is to get along with others and influence their actions for the better. So if you're able to um, observe and understand your own emotions, yeah. get those under control, and learn how to empathize and specialize in those emotions for others, yeah. you're going to be able to come together as uh, some greater than the whole of its parts. Wow. See, that is that is true. Like Most great leaders, I feel, have a way of understanding how what they do impacts you and how it's going to cause you to act. So I think that is true for sure. And, you know... Emotional intelligence for me, I think a lot of that is just being able to read a room, being able to know like what's appropriate and what isn't. And you know, I think we've all had those experiences where you can spot low emotional intelligence from a mile away sometimes. No, you know? certainly, yeah. It's I'm just trying to think of some like horrifying situations. Like, oh okay, here's one. So, you know, in like elementary school, you just got done taking a test or something. Teacher hands it back, and you know, there's always that one kid. He like stands up and just starts fist pumping again. It's like I got a hundred. What'd you get? And like you can tell, like the kids kind of the other the other students are kind of like oh, and they're like oh, you know I got to see. And he's like wow, I thought it was really easy, you know. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's low emotional intelligence to me. That's a great example. Yeah, because like people like that, I just don't think you're gonna make it that far. You know, putting other people down, flexing on them like that, and a lot of times I don't even think they mean to put people down. I think they legitimately don't understand how that makes others feel. Right. Yeah. And it's... Empathy right there. Yeah. Big empathy. (laughs) High emotional IQ. I'm just just putting it out. The biggest emotional IQ you've ever seen. My emotional IQ is the biggest. 
I love it. <laughs> but yeah, but here, for example, mo- low emotional intelligence, like one of the richest men in America and the president of the United States. So that out the window again, but cheated a lot to get there. I have a feel. I have a feeling there was some, uh, some scandals going on. You know, EQ has to be one of the most important things to be considering right now. Yeah, uh, oh, among definitely. every single thing that's happening. Yeah. in our country worldwide. Yep, yeah. uh, it's with the advent and growth of social media and yep. online spheres, mm-hmm. uh, with the advent of these. Anonymous forums. Mm. Uh, it, it's very easy to completely distance yourself and immediately assume one ways, or rather, one side is always going to be this one way. Uh, I think it, a lot derives from that definition we talked about earlier, where you have to understand your own position, yes, and then use that understanding or that process of understanding to mm. approach other issues. And it's easier. It's easier to say blatantly, to ignore that, and to say, well, no, I know what I know, but I'm not going to actually apply that to a discussion. And that's when you see uh, things to start being under misunderstood. Yep. Uh, that's where you see issues start to rise. That's where you see social inequality. Yep. Um, I think we're just seeing people lacking the ability to empathize, people lacking the emotional intelligence to do something, even if they personally don't see the point in it, you know? Being able to make other people feel more comfortable and, um, you know, just, for example, most great leaders, I think, have high emotional intelligence. I think that's definitely a trait common among them. Yeah. Great leaders, yes. Yes, great leaders, yes. Yeah. Not all leaders. Definitely. Great leaders. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that um, more people should hear. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know what? I think sometimes emotional intelligence can kind of be like, I know we're talking about one of the icebreakers, kind of like a superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been studies done where you can actually almost kind of read how people are feeling just by the expressions on their face. Mm. And if there's anybody out there listening who wants a good kind of like something to, to research, kind of look up micro expressions. Ooh. There's, there's been studies that show like uh, even if you try to lie to someone, if you're feeling happy or if, you, if, you, if you're feeling sad and you try to say like, oh, I'm feeling happy, you can see it on their face. Yeah. No matter what. Right, yeah, it's, it's like a split second, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's kind of, um, like, for example, most most animals on this planet communicate with body language purely. And to us, it's not, there, there's, I mean, for example, people who are around horses a lot or people who um, are just around animals a lot. You see, like, Steve Irwin, one of the great, like, animal readers of all time. He knew how to read, like, even a crocodile's, like, body language. Yeah. I mean, you can basically predict what people are going to do. Every time. And I think that's kind of like mentalists, you know, like kind of that, um, kind of like that magic trick realm. Uh, they can basically like ask you questions, read your expressions and like micro expressions that you can't even help from showing and they can, um, make it like seem like it's a magic trick or something. So right. I think that's, um, I think that's definitely something that's super interesting and definitely like Steve said, really good reading potentially. Yeah. Interesting. Would you guys agree with the statement that this generation, maybe the generation before us as well, uh, is, or at least appears to be, more in, um, emotionally intelligent than has appeared in the past. Because while, yes, there are rates of mental illness shooting through the roof, yeah. I believe that it's also become much more destigmatized yeah. due to us recognizing uh, reflexively our own emotions and other people's emotions mm-hmm. and really understanding that that's something that should be talked about so that everybody can be lifted up. Oh, no, totally. I think... 
what we're seeing is kind of a great renaissance for like empathy and um, just the promotion of like emotionally intelligent behaviors, you know, as far as um, um, issues like mental, uh, mental health go and things like that. Because I remember you like, you know, when we were little kids, like it was pretty taboo for someone to be like depressed or something like that. You'd be like, man, like what's wrong with them? Like, I, I just, I don't even, I can't even think of the situation, but I was in like third grade and I think I heard like someone, someone knew, like someone's parent or something was like, like clinically depressed or something. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's, Oh, that was like, I was like super scared to even like be around the kid. I was like, Oh man, like what did they, what did they do to make that happen? But like yeah. nowadays I think, um, we've made great strides because I mean, we've all kind of realized more so that like things like that are normal. Celebrities have come out and, like, like, Kevin Love has, like, documented his struggles with, like, depression and things like that. And, um, certainly, I think that does have a lot to do with, like, emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying, but mm-hmm. maybe kind of a pushback would be... I love pushbacks. So I, th- I, I think with the addition of, of technology, specifically, mm. like, cell phones and whatnot... Melting and, our minds. And, and social media. It reduces? I th- yeah, I think, it, I think it might oh. be reduced. Just a little bit, I think. And there's different things. Also... People are saying that chivalry is dead, and I think that that was a more prominent factor. In the- <laughs> chivalry is dead, Steve. How does that even apply in this conversation? Look, my my main my major point. I think we've lost the ability to kind of like relate to other people. Put down our phones and be like, you know what? I should open the door for this person. I should make a connection. What role do you think social media plays in this? I think. <laughs> I think it's more about perception than actual substance. Explain that. Elaborate in in, in that the sense me. that I try to make myself look better. Mm. And then I, I see other people and I say, okay, it seems to me that these people are very successful and happy. And really that's not, that's not uh, contributing to the emotional intelligence where I should be recognizing, like, hey, this is just a highlight reel of their life. Mm. And maybe there's, like, a disconnect there. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's definitely something. Because I, I think we've all had that moment. You look at someone's, like, Instagram feed or something, you're like, wow, they do a lot of cool stuff. And you're like, man, is their whole life like this? Like, this is pretty epic. And I think a lot of us see that, and we, we're like, man, like, maybe do I not do enough epic stuff? And I think that's tough for some people. And I... I know a lot of people experience that. It's um, it's like basically a definition of FOMO, which is kind of a new thing yeah. with the advent of social media. Yeah. Riley, any thoughts on this? I don't disagree that it's doing some damage to how we perceive ourselves, our friends, and others. Mm. Um, but I think it has simultaneously allowed for a huge expansion in the ability to share thoughts and share statements that might lead to more... Uh, emotional intelligence overall. Mm. Um, I think that if there is an element that sites like Instagram are contributing to, as Mm. uh, at least I know or I last read, Instagram is one of the most harmful social media uh, platforms to be regularly using for your own mental health. And that's why they were experimenting with getting rid of like counts and follower counts Uh and things like that. Um, I think that harms your ability to reflexively view your own emotions and understandings of what's going on. Uh, I'm not so sure it impacts how uh, you might be able to reach out to others. Mm. But I don't. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't disagree that it's it's doing harm. But I think it might eventually, because of how we use it and because of how many conversations uh, it allows to start, 
um, we might see some great benefit from larger conversations in the future. Oh, I totally agree with that because, like, for me personally, I do see the problem with social media, but I also like social media. I, I, for me personally, I like staying in touch with people that otherwise it'd be kind of hard to, yeah. like old friends from high school, um, people that you don't see that often, but it is kind of nice to be able to see if they're doing well, kind of see what's going on in their life necessarily. Not that this is not that you have to know what's going on in all of your friends' lives all the time, but yeah. it's it is nice to be able to see that every now and then. Like for example, I don't post on Instagram very often. I post probably twice a year. And usually it's just whenever when I when I do something I'm like, oh like this is kind of fun. Maybe I'll throw it on there. I use it more of a way to kind of document like things that I did because I think I haven't I've never deleted an Instagram post that I posted. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people like clear their feet all the time so they're like embarrassed of stuff they put on there when they're in like middle school. You can go all the way back to 2013, back when I thought I was going to be a meme page. And you can see all of the memes I was posting back then and all of the, like, ultimately cringy stuff on my page. So I don't, I, like, for example, I don't really use it as a way to, like, put out this, like, insane, like, persona that no one can live up to or something like that. I, but you can definitely tell when people try to do that. Yeah. We see that in kind of Instagram um, influencer culture nowadays, I think. I would be willing to bet that Instagram goes the way of Facebook in terms of popularity among the younger generations relatively soon. Wow. Within the next five, ten years, honestly. That's That's bold. bold. Uh, People are going to start realizing that at least the way that it's currently used, or at least I'm perceiving that a lot of people currently use it, is exhausting. Yeah. It's taking a lot of effort. uh, For the reasons you were just saying, you have to project something like... Often when you get addicted to it, you're going to start monitoring and for no legitimate reward uh, because, of course, EQ is more important when done in person Mm. uh, versus communicating via some structured square posts of an image you took trying to make yourself look cool. So true. Yeah. Yeah, And that way I think Twitter is less toxic because people more use it as just like a way to kind of – it's like a stream of consciousness. Like there's a lot more toxic content in terms of like bad stuff happening on Twitter – but I think people use it less in a way that's like super self-serving and like vain. Yeah. I think it's uncomfortable to reduce a submission of thought, an argument, um, an update to the 140 characters, is it? They update it. It's like 158 now, 160. 158? Yeah. To reduce a complete thought to that level just immediately allows for these extreme polarizations of thought that are going yeah. on all over Twitter. That's so true. Actually. And philosophical Twitter, when you get over to philosophy Twitter, you're going to yeah. see tweet chains that are like 40 parts long. Yeah. That makes much more sense. It's, it's much more of like a complete, you're able to explain yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you're able to get your real thoughts out there. I think by limiting how much you can say, you're limiting the value of what's being said. So would you be a proponent of Twitter perhaps adding adding characters to their character count in order to improve the platform? I think it would change its, uh, let's see, differentiation uh-huh. by doing that. It, it kind of, its whole gimmick right now is that it's short. Uh-huh. I don't personally like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that would then turn into something like Medium or mm-hmm. Reddit where you have a title and then there's uh, a yeah. long series of conversation or text or... Um, Thought, story, yeah. anything that goes in there. Reddit is just long form Twitter. I agree. It's like it's discussion yeah. forum, but it's. <laughs> I mean, Reddit. Reddit can be a pretty scary place sometimes, but I mean, every some, social media can. Yeah, there's some good stuff that goes on on Reddit. I mean, when I'm like working on a computer science project and I'm having some trouble, every now and then my answer that I need help with will be on Reddit, which is kind of bizarre, <laughs> but 
some guys, there's some smart, uh, smart people, smart men and women on Reddit that put out some good stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess social media in general, I would have to rate in terms of like how good it is for our health and mental well being. I'd have to rate it. It's a net negative on our mental health. I think, you know. Oh, agreed. Yeah, right now, definitely. Yeah, because like for example, I know a lot of people our age that whenever it's someone's birthday or like whenever something goes on, like. You you know like when when it's someone's birthday they take like a, they repost everything that all their friends said about them and I'm like that is exhausting yeah. it's all day like literally every 20 minutes they have to update it and it, sometimes the chain is like 60 people long that's like saying happy birthday to them and they they repost every single one and it's I just find that so interesting because I that didn't used to happen it's kind of a thing that's happened the last like couple of years that things like that have started going on and I just kind of wonder like what's the motivation behind that is it to try and show people, like, look at all these, look at all these people saying happy birthday to me. Look how many friends I have. Or is it more like, a, or is it more like I'm acknowledging you said happy birthday to me. Thank you for doing that. So I'm gonna throw that on my page. You know, uh, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Depends yeah. on who's doing it. It's a mix for sure. But things like that. That's kind of the exhausting behavior that you're referring to. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think very soon, probably same timeline as I mentioned this before. Uh, we're gonna realize what social media is actually able to do for us mm-hmm. and we're going to slowly make that shift but it's a platform for large conversations and yeah. uh, large arguments or points to be made we saw what happened and is currently happening on instagram with yeah. uh, publicizing black lives matter mm-hmm. uh, movement information um, uh, political ideologies uh, yeah. political facts and while some of that can be biased i think we start to realize how much of an information gain it can be and a potential net positive mm-hmm. versus something that's so focused on the individual. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, like most of what I've learned about um, kind of like in the last couple months, for example, a lot of what I've learned about coronavirus, a lot of what I've learned about like systemic racism, systemic problems we have here in America has been through like social media channels of like, um, I mean, friends, family, um, you know, big groups that exist other el- elsewhere, but have presences on Instagram. Like it's, I, I do think there's extreme value in being able to, uh, have people put their point of view, put their opinion out, um, gives people a platform that otherwise never existed. So, you know, back in the day, you'd nail your opinion at the church door frame in the middle of town. And this is kind of what that is. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think social media, big value gain. Um, for information, but um, toxic for our mental health when I think, it comes to um, personal pages and stuff. I don't think we're, we're we're quite there with the internet. I think we got it before we really knew what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. It's Horror so really. powerful. And yeah. I don't think we're quite there. Yeah. I don't know how far we are, but I feel like there's a lot of promise, a lot of hope. It relies a lot on how people want to use the internet, yeah. and a lot of that's going to be individualist at first, mm-hmm. um, as you know we've seen on Instagram and other social media, but mm-hmm. I have hope it'll change. Yeah, I think one thing social media did was it democratized the internet. You no longer had to be... Uh, I mean, like the internet, there were pretty high barriers to entry back in the day. You had to be um, a little bit more of a computer scientist, a little bit more of a nerd, like a classical nerd to really know how to use the internet back in like the 90s, and... You know, um, as time has gone on, the advent of social media, the advent of a lot of different platforms for people to, discussion forums, uh, places for people to put information that they've found out, um, their life experiences, things like that. I mean, discussion forums have an infinite well of information. Like Stack Overflow is just, 
I mean, every math problem you could possibly want solved, there's someone on there who's putting it out. I mean, this is literally like modern day philosophers. Like that, they meet on like Stack Overflow. They meet on Reddit. Like it's kind of amazing. And yeah. I think as toxic as some of these things are for us, um, they have democratized the internet and they have allowed it to become a better place in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, just like any any tool, mm-hmm. I think, kind of depends how you use it. What's your motivation? Yeah, we're talking ends. We're talking what's what what um. Ends versus means, you know. Right. Sort of like a little bit of that argument going in, going on there. But back, yeah, back to how you use it, super crucial too. Yeah, so easy to fall into that individualist. So easy to fall into that. Well, I'm going to follow the people that understand what I understand and think about mm-hmm. the world the way I think about the world. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of the big benchmarks that will show that we've progressed into a more, well, I suppose, productive way of using the internet is going to be people intentionally seeking out. Bubbles that they most certainly do not belong to. Posing opinions. And gathering information yeah. in an honest way, using their emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, totally. I think that's definitely one of the higher, like, I mean, honestly, I think broadening your um, broadening your perspective, broadening your horizon, seeking out new information, I mean, that's one of the most, like, fundamentally human things you can do. And I think the internet can help us do that, but it can also turn into an echo chamber where all we hear is our own thoughts being reverberated by countless other voices that are like us you know so i think that's also a huge problem that's what leads to people being really cemented into an opinion and not being willing to hear hear new information and change well said yeah well boys i think that was an excellent discussion Mm -hmm. and riley thank you so much for coming on the show today i mean we'd love to have you back at some point this was an excellent talk i think it really was steve do you want to bring us home yeah i mean uh I think some of the things that we've learned today, icebreakers, you know, they're not that bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, like to again remind everyone about the current events, Grant Imahara mm-hmm. is no longer with us. But let's remember him as, as a great person who influenced us mm-hmm. as kids. And then, of course, always try to just connect with people. Yeah. Um, so Sit down yeah. the phone sometimes, make face-to-face connection, use social media for good. Yeah, mm-hmm. use it for good. Use it to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley, again, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Wonderful. And as always, guys, stay safe and uh, stay big brand.